80s night. No. <laughs> Did you ladies expect him to break in a song? Because <laughs> Wednesday night is ladies night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. <laughs> uh, hey, Christy, how are you? I'm good, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It's Wednesday. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. <laughs> Guess what day it is. <laughs> um, we're going to have a few, um, a few fewer listeners tonight. Um, my mom and Mike are currently on the road. They just emptied out 2602 Solera Moon Drive. It is empty. They locked the door behind them for the last time. They're on the road to St. George, Utah, as we speak. Oh, well, good for them. They're not listening via mobile phone. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go no. <laughs> uh, why not? So I literally have no idea if we're going to have anybody listening tonight, but... Um, Oh, we will. At the very least, it'll be Betsy. I get to talk to you. I'm happy to talk to you too, especially about one of our favorite subjects. And what is that, Bobby? Books. Books. (laughs) If if I could go that high pitch, sing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like bet. Yes, I totally would, but <laughs> it would sound like I was choking a parrot. Nobody wants that. So. Oh, Lord. Nobody wants that. You're welcome, um, well, everybody. Before, um, yeah, before we get to um, our book topic, um, I have decided if it's okay with everybody, if this is just a monthly thing for the podcast, it, it's hard to do anything more than that with work and kids and PTO and trying to have any semblance of a lot. Life and by PTO, my house. So if everybody's okay with that, we'll try to make that once a month, like a really good episode. And by PTO, obviously you mean parent-teacher organization. Yeah, not and pay not time pay off. time off. Yes. <laughs> good. Yeah. Sorry. Good. Good. Yes. Um. So, and actually, before we get started into the book conversation, I wanted to tell you a little story of Cameron and Reese from when they were here. I know how you like to have these things saved for posterity. So I thought I would share it via um, podcast here so you could hear hear it all over again. <laughs> I love this one. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So... Um, the boys, Cam and Reese had their spring break last week. So they came to stay with us and it was a lot of fun. Love those boys. They're fantastic. And, um, Saturday we decided to go to the cat cafe. We were actually going to do that on Friday, but it was a lazy day on Friday. So we didn't do it. Uh, we played a bunch of games instead. Um, played some uno which by the way reese won the first game of uno when we played it so oh no he did (laughs) impressive yeah he did um cam started to get kind of cocky a little bit you know he was like uno and i was like really and then wound up having to get four cards or whatever like to get the color that he needed i don't remember but 
So Reese won the first round. Like I was super proud of him. And he was like, oh, good. So boosted his confidence. Anyway, played board games Friday or card games. <laughs> and then um, Saturday we went to the cat cafe and uh, we're driving down the street and uh, beat it comes on from Michael Jackson. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Cam jumps in and goes, eat it, just eat it, eat it, eat it. And I go, is that, are you referring, are you making a weird owl reference? Like, and he goes, who? <laughs> and I was like, well, shit. Okay. okay, there goes that. <laughs> and I go, weird Al Yankovic, he does things like that. And he goes, oh no, no, no. My mom said that one time to Reese because Reese wasn't eating and we were in a hurry to go someplace. So I told him to eat. And then mom jumped in and was like, just eat it. <laughs> as I'm as I'm prone to do yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I just started laughing and I was like yeah just eat it eat it eat it and then so I, I you know keep going and then and then I go you know Kim I can totally see your mom saying that and then Reese from the back seat goes you can see my mom <laughs> I was like no no Reese no no honey i it's 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 a um, expression it's a it's a phrase that you use when you know somebody really well like you can kind of imagine what they're saying like mannerisms and things like that and he was in the back seat and he goes oh. totally didn't get it but it was really cute he was like you can see my mom <laughs> so of course I had to be like nah Ree, sorry she's still in the mountains but it was adorable so well, just, and didn't Cam say something about like you were young oh, I wouldn't remember? Yeah, right. No, um, that's right. I did miss a part. I thought this story was shorter than See? I remembered it. Yeah, that's why I told you to write it down. <laughs> I thought talking it out would be better, but apparently not. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So anyway, one of the things that um Cam said was, or you know, he said Reese was not eating so mom told him to eat and then um you busted out into song and Reese goes <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> and then Cameron goes yes it did it happened a couple of years ago you don't remember it <laughs> and then I started laughing and it reminded me of like you and me because I remember things like that and then you're like what no and I'm like it did it totally happened it did just trust me <laughs> And funny so, enough, what do I usually say? I usually end up going, oh, yeah, no, I could see myself doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, a little while later, Reese saying, you can see my mom. No, no, Reese, it's an expression. So that was my funny Reese Cameron story. So, yeah. Gee, I wonder where they get that kind of behavior. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so weird. So weird. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> I've noticed that they well, uh, that what there are the, some similarities. Just a few. <laughs> um, on Monday's podcast, I was on with Dave and James. And usually when they ask me, like, hey, you know, what have you been doing or watching? Because they're, you know, very much into movies and television shows and all that kind of stuff. And I was very excited to tell them that you and I finally got to see a movie recently. And uh, <laughs> that Uh I have um so for everybody listening who didn't also listen Monday Bobby and I got to go see The Lost City 
with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. We both highly enjoyed it, highly recommend the movie. We laughed, it was endearing, a um, little bit of adventure in there, just a tiny little bit of romance, nothing too crazy, like just very overall, just a solid movie. Uh, there was one point in the movie where Bobby started laughing so hard <laughs> that while the scene was funny and I had been laughing, I couldn't stop laughing because I kept hearing Bobby to the left of me laughing so hard. And um, it continued, like the scene continued. And of course, my <laughs> laughter continued. Like there was just not an end point. <laughs> oh, I'm no, sorry. we missed five minutes of the movie probably Solid. combined just from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll be happy to know I have decided that is my favorite Channing Tatum movie now. Okay, good. And it's a solid um, not, choice. Not my favorite Sandra Bullock movie, only because she has such a stellar um, movie career. Yeah. It's too hard to pick one because the proposal is Miss Congeniality. The proposal, Congeniality. even going further back to Practical Magic, like, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite one of hers. Yeah, um, totally. But in this one, we can see Channing. He's funny. He's gorgeous. And he even gets to dance. And like, he just, he can't say no to all three of those in one movie, you know? I'm surprised you didn't mention his ass. I would beg. That to was totally his. And I'll tell you why. I, I cite my sources. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to Google it. I just didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I am positive that that's his butt because he posted um, a picture on the Instagram. It with it the shower water raining down and had his back, so he was nude in the back, the butt. That's his. And I'm okay, pretty sure definitely my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then um, Sandra Bullock was talking on um, Stephen Colbert about how he, you know, there's a part where he turns around and obviously there's frontal. And she said that she didn't look. <laughs> yeah, I believe you, Sandra. I believe you. <laughs> I believe her. <laughs> so she's like, it's right there. And I just, I, I focused my attention <laughs> other where, other, other places. And I was like, Treated. yeah we all would have done the same thing in that situation yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's totally because i mean it is just like those cheeks there. man those are those are memorable it's, cheeks and i'm surprised i'm the one who's like oh yeah no that's his and you're like mm, no i just assumed it was a stand-in because like he's a big celebrity and that wasn't like just a quick shot of ass like that was full-on mm-hmm. full-on on the he, big screen for a length of time he he was a stripper he's not afraid he's not embarrassed <laughs> i know but like even All in magic there. mike you never see his ass he's at least wearing a thong i guess it's not which is like there. seeing an ass like come on okay okay <laughs> no in my head i tell myself don't get too excited that's not really his but I have been known to be wrong before. Yeah, no, that's totally his. Yes, I highly recommend that movie. Hilarious, yes. And if you go and watch it. Oh, go. I I was just going to say, if you decide to watch it, which you totally should, 
um, you should comment on our post about which part you think I laughed the hardest at. I like that challenge because we were both very vague as to what part it was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, we want you to go see the movie. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Uh, and see if you can figure out. If you need where... a date, I'm willing to go see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know where you think I laughed because that was comedy gold, I tell you. The hardest because we laughed more than once, but like the yeah. one that gave you your big laugh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the Kristen. big L. Ah, the big L. In the lost the city of D. <laughs> you know, that was originally the name of the movie. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why. Gee, I wonder why. <clears throat> that might actually have a lot to do with what are what we're talking about today. <laughs> are we only gonna talk about my books? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, I will say real quick, I was going to come prepared with some fun book trivia because last time we talked about books, I think that was some the episode where we did the, I read the first line of a book and you had mm. to guess what book it was. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. Um, honestly, all the book trivia I could find easily accessible online. I know you would have answered all of them. No problem. It's more for people <laughs> who don't read. So I'm like, well, nobody's going to find that entertaining. <laughs> like we know what book the character Holden Caulfield is from, you know, really? we know what book so-and-so wrote with East egg and West egg. Like it's not, they were so, it was stupid. So I might need to try to come up with my own book trivia next time. Wait, East you Egg know. and West Egg? Great Gatsby. Oh, sure. I I know you didn't study it to death like I did and teach it in not. student teaching, so it's not on the top of your head. The way yeah. that it, it's the question still gave you the author, you probably could have figured it out. Ah, okay. But anyway, um, getting into the, the nitty-gritty I just want to start by saying I read my first five-star spicy book it was perfect it was so well written you could put it up there with literary classics like this woman can write it is amazing and then the spice was off the charts it was <laughs> but you know I listened to it on audible but we both still consider that reading the book don't we yeah, I didn't okay. used to. Yeah. I didn't used to, but I've found the error in my ways. Yes. Well, I mean, we all need to be, you know, you, you need to think about things sometimes. Because I think originally I probably was with you. I didn't think listening to a book counted as reading it because you're not physically reading it. But I, the whole right. point of reading is to get the the thoughts and the words and the actions. And I still mm -hmm. get to play the little movie in my head when I'm listening, but I get to do it when I'm, you know, doing chores or at work and that kind of thing. So it, it's going to double my reading capacity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. I had like, um, I had eight audible credits that I had to use before I could cancel my subscription because I haven't been into audible very much. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I just started playing it yesterday. I'd only intended on listening to it a little bit for the next week or so, but it was so good. I just, 
I would sit down at lunch and listen to it and I would listen to it in the car for my two minute drive. Like it, I've got it done where I got a nine hour book done in just a couple of days. Um, but it is impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> While still reading, reading another book, couple books. I just started another one last night. I can't even keep track anymore. Um, but anyway, I, even though I love all these spicy books, Bobby, I'll be honest, I'm still a bit of a lit snob and I still hold them to the same kind of um, grading scale that I would hold any book to. And there are some really, really, really crappy written smut books out there, but I was excited to find my first five star and I just had to talk about that first. But if in case anybody's curious, it is um, the second in a three book series there. They can be standalone enough. Um, I read the first one is Priest by Sierra Simone. This is Sinner by Sierra Simone is the second book. Uh, the first one was great. I read it instead of Audible. Um, mm -hmm. Audible's really, the, really the way to go in these three books, apparently, is what everybody on Book Talk has been saying. And I just, like, there was points, like, I was, like, flustered listening to the book. But then there's other points, because it's, there's some religious aspects to it, and a lot of questions about people's beliefs in God. And if you can have a relationship with religion where you're still angry at God for um, situations that have happened in your life. But anyway, um, I highly recommend it. I'm going to listen to the third one because, uh, I, I have to now at this point, <laughs> but anyway, um, Sierra Simone was also wrote that same series, um, that kind of started me down this journey. Remember when I was reading yeah. the American, the American queen series. <laughs> I do remember that because, um, that was when we did like a a sentence back and forth like I was reading <laughs> I was reading highfalutin like American history type stuff and she was reading smut <laughs> <laughs> which not 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 dissing it because I've read no. it I enjoy the smut um but it was funny because I would read something like really deep about like the first amendment right and then she would and, and then she's like, like, wait, wait, Christy, Christy, wait, wait, listen, listen. And you would read me this really eloquent, like just thought provoking thing about the first amendment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she would be like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then it would be like engorged members and, you know, <laughs> it was really funny. We had tears streaming down our faces that night, if I recall. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Because I have, <laughs> I've decided that book talk in romance books is definitely a cult. I have learned so much in the last six months about tropes and um, <clears throat> um, just how different, it's such a large category, the romance section, that mm -hmm. it's not even just one section anymore. There's at least three different types of romance books and to put them into one lump really kind of bothers me anymore. Because well, you have like your your Nora Roberts, like your cheesy Hallmark kind of romance mm -hmm. books that are like that's more the throbbing members and the bodice rippers and the old school kind of stuff. Right. Then you have like the contemporary stuff, which is more like um I would put Sierra Simone into like the contemporary romance, where maybe it's a little dirtier, but it's still 
really great literature uh-huh. and then you have like the darker stuff <laughs> and that breaks out into like 15,000 different tropes and kinks and dark and oh and then you have like the whole paranormal paranormal romance is blown mm-hmm. up in the last couple of years yeah and that used to be like one tiny little section at borders there'd be like two shelves of paranormal romance you remember those days i do yeah because you read that series i did i did read that series it was a very good series um as a side note um i've seen a couple articles saying that millennials and gen zers um have uh had um cases of nostalgia and are wanting to bring back boxed bookstores. Okay. I think that would be great. Like imagine if borders came back. Like I don't think that's oh gonna God. happen because I don't think that was even if happen. it's not but borders, if it's I mean Barnes Noble's fine. It's always been second though. Right. Always because we were borders yeah. girls. Right. So Barnes and Noble was all we had left. So we, we like it. It's fine. We still go. Mm-hmm. But no, I would like to see um, something compete with Barnes and Noble again. Yeah. Something. Uh, I don't know what so it something... is about Barnes and Noble that just, it's never felt as homey as Borders ever did. Yeah. It could be happening. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, I mean, we make it a point. Did you? try to visit local bookstores as often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i yeah. took the boys to book bar <laughs> you you froze and then you had sped up so i had to wait for you to catch up um the uh i took the boys to book bar this last weekend so yeah we do try to do um you know the smaller independent local ones too got to spread that money around you know you know, it's just, and really we browse at Barnes & Noble more than anything. Um, so what are some of the, the, so what are some of the great books you've been reading? Let's take a break from smut and talk about some real literature. <laughs> hey, romance is real literature. Like I I've only to- had one five-star book in the last six months. A lot that of doesn't... four stars. Oh, but God, this book was a five. But See, like, I don't think you can classify the the genuineness of a genre because you had one five-star review. I don't think that's fair. I think it's I know some people, like, it's escapism at its finest, right? Like, there was a podcast, is a podcast called 1A. And um, I had listened to this podcast several years ago um, and it was specific, it, it was geared specifically towards romance and because, you know, freedom of speech, all of that stuff. Um, it's the first amendment. So freedom of speech, that's what the whole thing was about. So, um, and they talked about, like they had three women on there. One was a romance novelist. One owned um, a, an independent bookstore that was, complete like it was only romance it didn't sell anything else and then I think a publisher I can't remember but they went on there and they talked about the legitimacy of romance and how you can't just kind of throw it away and say oh it's you know it's not real literature because it is I mean people like um it's uh 
I think in 2017, it was the number one um, selling like genre. And it was, I mean, like you can't dismiss it. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to say that romance isn't real literature because it is, it's published for a reason and people enjoy it. So like I said, escapism at its finest, you can't throw it away. Well, and I get that. It's definitely its own entertainment. And that is why I've enjoyed it is because it does provide that escapism that I'm looking for. I hesitate or hesitated to ever call it good literature because you're not ever going to find it dissected and studied in a classroom. And not obviously not not a high school classroom but like even like a college literature course it's never going to be studied as great literature because it is so hard to take something that our puritan type culture likes to hide in the bedroom and make it something that is ingrained into the culture more and we've gotten better it's definitely more accepted but you should see some of the tiktok videos about people being um ashamed or treated poorly because they admit that they read romance like it is still very much a taboo thing to enjoy um and it's I feel like I'm like I always sucked at writing any kind of romance it is so hard mm-hmm. to write a good story that has good spice yeah and there's a lot of books that have great spice and a shitty story and then you might have like a really cute story with kind of okay spice Mm-hmm. that balance of getting them both in there and making one good book is of nearly unattainable I think that's my opinion again proving the point that it's still great literature because it's so difficult not everybody can do it no well everybody can write it it's just not everybody everybody can try <laughs> right and to be honest, in college, I do kind of see a, uh, you know, third level literature class discussing romance and <laughs> maybe breaking down how horrible Fifty Shades is compared to something else. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like, that's just, I, I, and I mean, I, I don't think that they would compare because that's not what literature classes do right like this was shit but this was really good like that's not how literature classes go but I do feel like eventually down the line when things do become less taboo that it will um be a bigger thing you know what it's like it's like a comedy being nominated for best movie at the Oscars it's plausible it's probably happened a few times but a lot of people assume comedy movies are just for entertainment and can't also be revered as a piece of art mm-hmm. whereas that's a like good point the, the yeah. little art house films you know those special literature books like um God, what was that one book on earth were briefly gorgeous was an interesting book but did not give me nearly the feels that half the romance books i read Mm-hmm. but it was a complicated and dark and twist like okay great so maybe it is more just ingrained into culture and pop culture to dismiss the romance genre just like comedy gets dismissed a lot even though um i mean it is essentially the same thing it's just a different technique right yeah no <laughs> i agree and like you'll have um steve like 
take a look at Steve Carell and like even back to Robin Williams, bless him. Um, like they did comedy and they did serious roles. And like people talk, like uh, I think there was a an interview with Steve Carell who was like, yeah, people think comedy is so easy, but it's harder than drama because you have to do so many um, like physical things or you have to do the timing just right or mm. you know all mm -hmm. of these things that make it more difficult to be a good comedian versus a good dramatic actor so I think mm -hmm. you know there's there's different ways of looking at things and um I feel like I'm in a bit of a mystery right now because of the blinds I no it's like actually kind of a cool look for you is it <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> you're like 1950s, like private eye. You're like, oh yeah. Where's the girl? <laughs> Put them up. Peanut butter banana gram. <laughs> Get your peanut butter banana grams here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't think it's anything to dismiss, and I I do think eventually, because like it or not, old folks. Republicans, um, <laughs> that, you know, a new generation is coming up and they're far less puritanical <laughs> and much more open about different things and really want to stick it to the Republicans. Ted, you would be shocked how deep the rabbit hole goes as far as like taboo topics becoming more accepted um i don't think i would dark, that dark romance can get like trigger warnings are all over books now just authors warning you hey if sexual assault or non-consensual mm -hmm. sex acts and that kind of stuff are a trigger for you please don't read this book mm -hmm. which there was oddly enough there was um, some argument among readers whether or not that should be included like some people um clearly more on the puritanical spectrum said if you need a book with trigger warnings you shouldn't be writing that book and then you had other people saying who needs trigger warnings quit being a crybaby just read the damn book um i'm happy to say the majority of people felt trigger warnings were appropriate because mm -hmm. some people might be sensitive to certain subjects and it's nice to give them a heads up before they get into a book mm -hmm. um and that it is okay for people to enjoy reading something with a taboo or dark subject matter and that has been probably the most enlightening getting into this in the last six months is all the shit that's out there that people find like i have definitely found some of my i will not cross i do not enjoy these certain subjects mm -hmm. um a couple of things i've been surprised to find were actually kind of interesting and i actually kind of like them I've gotten to the point now where you could tell, I could ask you a few questions and be able to recommend a book to you based on your, <laughs> on your interests. Uh -huh. So yeah. if anybody wants to um, DM me outside of here, text me, if you need a recommendation, I've got a few questions and I can give you a couple books. <laughs> That's really funny. Not my mom. My mom is not going to ask. That would be weird. That would be really weird. <laughs> um, my mom just informed me. <laughs> she oh, is she's listening. listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, my brother is with her. 
Nice. Hey, Ben. Hope you're enjoying the romance talk. Spicy. Uh, he's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And don't be ashamed, dude. If you need a recommendation, I've got some for you, too. Yeah. So, Bobby, what have you been reading? Well, hold on. Let me jump back to you. Something you said earlier, and then I'll tell you what I've been reading because I wanted to make this point. Um, <clears throat> you had mentioned about the trigger warning that um, people are saying, like, if it requires a trigger warning, don't write it. That's a lot like poo-pooing the critical race theory. Like, just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean that it shouldn't be written or it shouldn't be discussed because obviously these things are 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 um being written or being put out there because there's experience there right good mm -hmm. or bad and whether you view it good or whether you view it bad there's experience there and somebody is going to relate to it so to say mm, if it's if it's got a trigger warning then don't write it that's a bunch of bullshit just like people are saying oh <sighs> American history makes us uncomfortable. We shouldn't discuss it. Okay. I don't like it. Bullshit. Anyway, that's my um, well, soapbox. And it's it's good. It's good for some women, or I guess, you know, there are men who read this too, but it, we'll just generalize and say the majority of romance readers are probably women. Um, just because a female character in a book has been sexually assaulted in one scene doesn't mean the entire book is going to be about sexual assault or that that character can't still enjoy other things even having previously been sexually assaulted and that's part of the conversation that um i would say a lot of people have been trying to bring to the forefront is that just because you are a victim of rape or sexual assault mm -hmm. does not mean that is your only identifying character trait now that is not the only thing about you Right. Yeah. Right. And any any victim of sexual assault will tell you that. Like mm -hmm. this this doesn't identify me. This isn't my identity. This is what happened to me, but I'm stronger because of it. And you know, they want to talk about it. Well, I shouldn't say everybody wants to talk about it because there's, you know, people who are different parts of their journey. So Yeah, you know. absolutely. Everybody handles things differently. Right. And but that's 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 what I'm saying though is like you can't just say it's mm, uncomfortable. We can't mm, no no <laughs> no. Um, I was gonna say something else with that, but it's gone. Oh oh, men. Um, <laughs> there was a BuzzFeed list. There was a BuzzFeed list. This is what made me think about it, and it was talking about um, not book taboos necessarily but um i can't remember what it was and if i find it i'll post it on our on our chat um but it was a dude who commented and he was like i love romance books he was like i love a happy ending i love this and i love that and blah 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 i'm a 350 pound dude fight me like <laughs> it was really funny like i don't remember if he said his weight but it was really funny because he's like i like them fight me <laughs> i was just like Good on you, man. Good on you. Like more power to you. So okay, then. wait, one more romance book I'm gonna reference. So I read it was a quick little throwaway. It was called Storm. 
a woman gets trapped in a blizzard in a truck with a strange man and he turns out to be a rock star it's one of those forced Mm -hmm. proximity things Uh but like the second half of the book I kept waiting for like something bad to happen because I've read so many books where you think they're about to get together and then oh there's a misunderstanding or Mm -hmm. oh there's something weird happens here like they're not talking or they're not honest about something I got to the end of the book and realized it was just a happy ending there was no drama that somebody I don't know if these other authors just like to like mess with your feelings and just throw in unnecessary drama but it apparently becomes so accustomed to that that it was actually unusual to have a book where two characters just ended up happily ever after yeah I mean most of them do but they have more trials and tribulations to get to that point where this one was just like hey let's make this work and it did and I was like wow (laughs) why is that so strange um I I I've told you this I read fanfic like there are some of the greatest things are there and it's um a happy ending you know like somebody said the world is a dumpster fire I've said that a time or two and if you need a happy ending and smut like gives you that hopeful feeling then do it like I'm not here to judge you for that I'll judge you for other things but not that yeah right (laughs) and not you specifically Christy not you oh I know (laughs) (laughs) you vote for Trump I'll judge you but um that's neither here nor there um so what I have read and this is really bothering me I'm gonna try to this okay all right that's a little bit better okay so (laughs) sorry sorry um now I'm Canadian sorry um let's see you should have had your bookshelf in the background the whole time weirdo oh I should have you're right um (laughs) it's fuzzy but here you go oh that's coochie (laughs) copy oh that's coochie copy coochie copy a Christmas present from her um so the books that I've been reading um because I've been in a reading funk on and off for since COVID started for two years um like I feel like it's one where I've been like I'll slowly come out of it and I'll love reading again and then something will happen or um you know I'll I'll pick up a book that doesn't strike me right away and then whoop, I'm right off that that cliff again so I've been in this book funk for two years sometimes in sometimes mostly out um so uh lately I've discovered that shorter books or like essays are working for me so um I've read a couple classics recently that are teeny tiny like how long is The Great Gatsby? Like, it's like 150 pages, right? It's not very long. Oh, that, uh, it's longer than that. Is it? But anyways, so... Right, I can go grab it if you want, but no. Yeah, no, that's okay. So <laughs> I've noticed that reading shorter books, or like I said, essays, or short stories, have been working for me. So um, let's see. The first book that I read that was short... Well, that's not true recently of the the shorter books that I've read was um, The Postman Always Calls Twice, which they made into a movie in the 19, late 30s, 40s, 
I can't remember, Lana Turner was in it. Anyway, it was uh, a good a good book. It was short. It was like 115 pages, like short. Um, and it was uh, very, very noir. Like, get your peanut butter bananagrams, you know, like <laughs> private dick kind of thing. Like, oh, uh-huh. put your hands up. Hey, like, you know, that whole like thing. And it was just, yeah, it was, see here, see, <laughs> see here. Mm, and uh, <laughs> listen here, kid. I got you like, you know, like that kind of thing. And uh, it was super cheesy, but also actually really enjoyable. Like um, it was about a guy who, and I'm not going to give a whole lot away, but I wouldn't say is amoral necessarily, but just kind of goes where the wind blows and doesn't care about rules or, you know, anything like that. And he gets into some trouble. Um, He and this girl get into some trouble. They do some things that they shouldn't have been doing. And um, they get into some trouble. And like, he felt bad at the end, but only because it impacted her, this other character, right? And then the next book that I read after that was called The Stranger by Albert Albert Chemis who also short, short book was slightly longer than uh, Postman Always Rings Twice. It was like 115 pages, 120 pages. Um, And he actually based his main character off of the main character in the Postman Always Rings Twice. And this guy is completely amoral. Like he'll, he'll tell you like, well, he won't tell you, but Albert Camus, the (laughs) author was like, you know, Um, He was amoral. He didn't, it's not that he thought of um, consequences necessarily or right versus wrong, just essentially things are what they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't have to justify anything. Um, Things just happen because they happen. Um, And that one was really good too. I enjoyed that one. I wouldn't say really good. I didn't give it five stars. And that one's a classic, but, um, <laughs> but it was fine. It was, it was definitely enjoyable. And then the one that I'm reading now is also super short. It's called passing. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her Nella Larson. I want to say <sighs> something like that um, about an African-American woman um, in the 1920s in Brooklyn who passes for white and her struggles. So I haven't gotten too far into that book yet, but mm-hmm. I'm finding that the shorter ones are what keep my attention for now. Um, because there were books that I read last year that I felt were too long. Like even a couple of mm-hmm. romance books that I read just didn't hold my attention. And I was like, oh, really, we're still here. Like, let's go, let's go, let's oh, yeah. go. And no, I would- Being in a book funk is the worst. Yeah. So I would like, like one of my favorite authors, I was reading this book and I was like, oh God, really? Did it, did they fall off? So like, have they fallen? <laughs> like, they were so good. Have they fallen? Um, because it's a joint author and uh, like that book was too long. And then there was another book that was too long. So I just, I, I'm finding shorter things 
to be working for my brain right now. And I read nonfiction, the Anthropocene reviewed, which as you know, I called them episodes <laughs> because it's John Green. He does, uh, a podcast called the Anthropocene Reviewed. And there are a few that he did in his podcast that are written in the book and talking to Christy about, oh, there was this really good episode. I mean, chapter essay about this. And then I would just, I just stopped calling them chapters slash essays. And it was just, so on the next episode of the Anthropocene Reviewed. <laughs> we finally just agreed, just call it an episode, Bobby. Okay, so on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Um, but yeah, like, so things like that, that's what I've been reading. And I've noticed that nonfiction are things that seem as close to real life without going into COVID or mm -hmm. shit politics um, is what it, uh, has been working for me. Because we tend to be where you definitely, to me, it seems like you read for knowledge a lot. Whereas I feel I hardly ever read for knowledge anymore. I'm even before my current romance for a, um, I would definitely be a reader for um, entertainment or because I like being able to check that book off a list, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like one out of every five books would be, I read it just to check it off a list. Um, do you find that you're still reading for knowledge you read for entertainment what do you why do you read I so I think it's safe to say I don't have a genre that I read like no, there are certainly way more over the place than I am yeah I mean there are certainly things and times where I definitely read more of one thing than another um like our friend Jennifer will tell you that all I read was dystopian, which is not true. <laughs> I've read a lot of dystopian, You're, but that's not all I read. You went through a dystopian phase. Exactly. I went through a dystopian phase. Um, I've gone through a romance phase. Um, I've gone through... A classic uh, literature phase. Classic literature phase. So I would say that I'm open to things that I don't really have like one thing. And I think it's the, the history major slash former teacher in me that wants to keep reading to learn, um, especially history, because, you know, like things get trudged up that didn't have, like that we had no knowledge of before. So that changes the narrative a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I always, and sometimes I'll read like a lot of American history or a lot of something about this. But um, one thing that I've um, appreciated about historical fiction, especially, is that it can suck you in and take you in. And you can learn so much just from historical fiction about something that happened during World War II or Vietnam or, you know, whatever, that it makes me want to learn more about that. Um, like, for example, I read, um, what was it? Uh, America's First Daughter, which is about um, Thomas Jefferson's daughter. I know it's not George Washington's first daughter. That's not the point. Um, and then there's My Dear Hamilton, which is based off of um, Eliza Hamilton's life. 
um, and this was before Hamilton came out even. Well, Hamilton the musical. Hamilton the musical. I think it the book came out after the musical, but they had been like clearly researching and trying to write it before the musical came out. But like that, I loved that book. My Dear Hamilton was amazing. And it made me want to know so much more about Alexander Hamilton. And then when Hamilton, the, the musical came out on, on Disney plus, I was like, Oh, I knew that. Oh, there's Lin-Manuel. He's, he's exaggerating that a little bit. That didn't happen. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I enjoy those things. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I read to learn. And I also read to, for fun, just to escape, you know, like I could read a book about witches and vampires and a romantical <laughs> setting. Um, you would be shocked to find out. I have not read a single vampire romance book yet. I have read some books that have a vampire in it, but it's more considered like a fantasy book because it's about like fae and other shapeshifters and like, so there's like vampires in it, but I mean, there is a whole separate genre of vampire romance. I have not even touched since I've started reading like this in August. Is that shocking? Wow. I'm, I'm shocked. And it doesn't even sound appealing to me right now. And I don't know if it's because I've been so obsessed with vampires before that I just know what kind of black hole that becomes for me. And I just don't want to, don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but also because you have already done the vampire thing you don't want to go back to it and that's okay like I'm not saying that you never will again because I mean you wanted you wanted to write your college thesis if you had a master's or PhD you wanted to write it about you know vampires and things like that so that's not to say that you won't go back to it but you've done it you're trying to see what else is out there (laughs) Uh, Stacy is actually surprised to hear that so okay Um, okay no you're right no and I still find vampires just endlessly fascinating I just I don't know I don't know why I've been avoiding this books on romance maybe because like I said I've discovered a lot about myself since starting the (laughs) this little um tour in my life but and I think that you would get sucked we got distracted by vampires hold on I was gonna say I I used to want to read for knowledge but I couldn't ever do anything with it. You know, you're so much better at recalling facts so that when you're watching Hamilton, you're like, oh, that's exaggerated. And oh yeah, no, I knew that. I feel like I read it all and I enjoy it all. And then I immediately forget it. And it's frustrating to not be able to walk away with a lot of information after I've read something that's supposed to teach me something. I don't know. Maybe that's why I have not gone the knowledge route in a long time. I mean, to be honest, like if you're reading a 350 page nonfiction book, whether it's about American history or some kind of self-help book, like it doesn't matter, but I can guarantee you I'm only walking out of that with 10% retention. Like, I don't remember everything about it, but there are enough things that stick that are like, oh, that was fascinating. And that relates to me somehow, or 
uh, I found this super fascinating about Hamilton. Like, I I don't retain 100% of what I read. I don't even retain 50% of what I read. But I know that it's there. And if I want to recall it, I can go back and look at it and be like, oh, that's right. That's what that said. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not like I retain everything that I read. Because I don't. But I enjoy it. I enjoy those trivial facts that come into my brain and I can pull that out during pub trivia <laughs> See, and I just mine is always just this little niggling sensation that I kind of might know something about that like for example our conversation before we got on today was hey cool to reference that Ray Bradbury and I was like what I'm like something wicked this way comes oh I thought that was Shakespeare and then it turns out it also it was. was Shakespeare. It was. But yeah. I didn't, I wasn't like, no, Bobby, that's Shakespeare. I was like, oh, huh. Because I had no idea where it came from. I just knew in my head something wicked this way comes. So I wanted something bookish this way comes. That's the level of shit I'm working with, Bobby. <laughs> like, it's there. But, I don't know how it got there or why I know it. It's frustrating but, as I'll get out. <laughs> you admitted yourself that you had a feeling it was from Macbeth and the Three Witches and you were right. So I did. You go I said, with your I, gut. No. You go with your I, gut. I would have said it's the, I'm like, I don't know, something with the witches maybe. I can't remember that that's Macbeth. And I even told you, I took an entire semester in college studying Shakespeare and I couldn't even tell you that was Macbeth. So anyway, I, I but you remember whole... shit like that. I don't know. I spent a whole semester about Greek history and I remember very little of it. Fascinating course. I loved it. <laughs> very little. And I actually remember walking out of my final. And I think I might've told you this before I walked out of my final, finished the test, knew that I did terrible. I don't know <laughs> that I bombed it necessarily, but I did terrible. Like, right. Like I studied and it just, all the shit that I studied wasn't on the test. Of course not. So I walked out of the final. I hand my final to the professor and I go, regardless of what this test says, I really learned a lot in this class. Thank you so much. And I walked out. <laughs> True story. I passed the class. How? I don't know. Because whew, that was a hard class. It was fascinating. But um, yeah. Well, in all fairness, that Chaucer's Shakespeare Milton class was the worst grade I got in any of my English classes. So. <laughs> I killed it in children's lit and young adult lit and like mm -hmm. my history and nature of language classes. I did terrible. Like it was a passing grade. So it was probably like a B or a C. But compared to all my other classes, that Chaucer's Shakespeare Milton class, I just... I was thinking, yeah. oh, that in my post-colonial lit course, that was nasty. Mm. <laughs> post-colonial yeah. puritanical. Oh. Well, I didn't even, I swear to God, Bobby, I was in that class for a month before I even understood what the hell we were supposed to be learning. Really? And it was, yeah, and it was about how, you know, people who colonized other places affected their culture. Like she couldn't have just said that in the first class. It took a month to figure out what the frick that class was even about. Wow. I have nightmares about post-colonial lit. <laughs> is that uh <laughs> is that like the uh the red the 
the red letter hawthorne was that yeah i think no mm -mm. no not hawthorne no not hawthorne because all the stuff we read in that class was so incredibly dry and boring like it was not it was more about the it was more about like the discourse and understanding how one culture affects another culture after being colonized then I was actually studying the literature itself. Maybe that's probably why I didn't enjoy it. Because the whole reason I got in English, we wanted to teach English to other, or not, not the, not teach English, but be an English teacher, um, was because I enjoy reading and talking about books. And so mm-hmm. that's why I killed it at most of my lit courses and did terrible at the old school English classes and the, uh, because that was more of a history lit. class than it was for a literature class. It was more of a history class. <laughs> Which and you enjoy to some extent, Milton. but. Okay. In all fairness, I like Milton and Shakespeare was a cool guy. Chaucer was boring as fuck. I'm sorry. But he was I in did a not know I thought, well, that's not the real Chaucer. <laughs> uh, he talks about writing the. Um, the Canterbury Tales. I know. What's that? My hello. <laughs> oh, that's God, I'm good. That's what I remember. <laughs> and it's funny because you know Paul Bettany has had this whole like revival because of the Marvel movies, but he will always be Chaucer to me from Yep, A Knight's Tale. Yep, twenty years ago. Absolutely. Oh, God. What? But don't make it old and weird. Um, I made it weird. So before we go, before we go, I got to go make the boys dinner because Mike's gone and they're hungry. I'm surprised they haven't tore down the door yet. (laughs) You know, you know, what are some other great books? My cousin David is an author. I don't know if you knew that. Have you read any of Dave's books yet? Yes. Event Horizon and all of those. Yes. Well, what is the new one? one? Um, <laughs> called, my cousin called... David knows I have terrible recall and he has uh, neglected to remind me that, no, he's got a newer one. It's oh. Event Horizon. For past Caldera. We're at the past new... Caldera. Caldera is separate, but we're at the, the next race through space. I think it's Event Horizon. <laughs> but David, you know I have terrible recall. So if you want me to talk about your book, you have to remind me. <laughs> or jump on anyway are you we'll there god that. it's me margarita no. <laughs> <laughs> which is race through space event horizon available now on amazon there we, there go. we go there we and go. i have to i have to get to reading this one sooner rather than later because he tells me that there is a little um easter egg in there for me oh i still have to get his signed copy of the other one oh, that yeah, he misspelled my name in Hey, he corrected it. It didn't get corrected. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fine. All right. So, yes, Event Horizon 3 is out now on Amazon. Hit it up. Um, and if you missed the intro of the show, we're going to make this a monthly thing. Uh, probably Wednesdays for good. So, we'll try to give you a little more notice next time so that you have plenty of time to pour a glass of wine and maybe pop some popcorn and chill out and hang out with us. Um, I would love to talk books again, but we can also talk about Channing Tatum's ass anytime you want. And seriously, guys, seriously, 
for the next one next month. May. It's going to be May. It's going to be May. Um, you should report back and tell me where I laugh the hardest. It's yeah, a true challenge. I would, I would love to see what people think. True challenge. So do it. Go out, see the movie. Come back. Tell, tell me, tell us where I laugh the hardest. Just thinking about it. I'm getting like giggly back here. <laughs> No clues. <laughs> no clues. Oh, tell your man. face to shut up because your face will give that one away. <laughs> Giggles. <laughs> Giggles. Anyway. And again, friends, if you need recommendations for a spicy book, hit me up. I'll ask you a few questions and uh, I won't steer you wrong. I've got this. I've got this down to the point where I just need to be a little braver and start doing. I want to start doing like book talk TikToks. I just have been a chicken. But why have I you think been I could do it? Because I'm always a chicken. I have zero confidence in anything I do ever. I think I'm a pretty good mom. You're a I like to think mom. I'm an okay best friend. Fantastic best friend. Fantastic Mike mom. Says I'm a good wife. I don't believe him. <laughs> I can't tell you there. I'm not married to you. As much as I think wish. you're a good one. <laughs> hey, we're best friend soulmates. Those are a thing. Absolutely. We're not the only ones who think that either. In fact, I have anyway, a couple of listeners, hopefully, that are on that can attest to that. Um, Bobby, I love you. Thanks for talking with me. I love you too. And it's always my pleasure. I super enjoy it. I always enjoy our conversations and banter and, you know, if other people get enjoyment out of it too, icing on the cake, right? That's right. Cherry on top. I love you so much. (laughs) I love you too. It's going to turn out gushy. We need to go. (laughs) Ever so much. And am I ending this thing? I don't remember. Am I ending it or are you ending it? (laughs) Um, No definitely not me he said he was going to make you host but he was still listening okay (laughs) no okay i'll just (laughs) okay echo okay (laughs) okay bye i love you thank you for listening everybody This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.